You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Up Your Brave show here with Natalie Cutler-Welsh on Reality Check Radio. And my next guest is the lovely Janelle Fletcher. And we're going to be diving into the topic of bold woman speak, the written and spoken art of advocacy. Welcome to the show, Janelle. Thank you, Natalie. It's a long time since we've met up, since I was emceeing some of your go-to girl events. Oh, so exciting <laughs> to see you again. Days? It's been so many years, and um, I'm just excited to hear, personally, I'm excited to dive into your backstory so that I can hear what you've been up to. And I love how synergistically the world works and how we it brings people together again. So it is amazing to see you. For those of you that don't know Janelle, Janelle Fletcher is a feisty mother lioness and dynamic people Mm -hmm. engager, doing good in the area of promoting, advocating, writing, having a bold voice, and inspiring through words, kindness, and her spirit of generosity. She thrives on being of spontaneous and generous service to those she meets in her humble but powerful capacity as writer, MC, advocate, promoter, and celebrant in addition to her day job, where she also gets to do her magic. Variety is her spice. Fabulous at promoting social causes and being people's biggest cheerleader and their vision for a better world, she has been a bold voice in her own community during the events of the last four years. She bubbles over offering ideas that make such events, community, and humanity-enhancing initiatives fly and have more impact. Oh, you sound like my kind of lady. She has written (laughs) ads... She has written ads, flyers, and articles for local rags that educate and enroll people into the cause. She has a slick way of fundraising and resourcing those events on a meager budget while maximizing the efforts. Her bringing together of people and helping them step up in their strengths satisfies her desire for collective community growth. With her linguistic and storytelling sass and engaging and interactional presentation style and skills, She can help you write engaging content, bring your event to life, and power up your presentation and bold voice skills in business or for your cause. Her monthly Wild Woman Circle fills her cup, as do international movies, intercultural uh, interactions, and her new life as an off-gridder. Yes, you are talking to me today from your very own off-grid yurt. Um, (laughs) How's that life going? Uh, this life is absolutely amazing. For people who want to go off-grid, the freedom that it offers is amazing. To have no one that I can see from my beautiful window here. I have the beautiful natural elements out here, the Clutha River, beautiful land and uh, peace and quiet. It's a great place to be doing the good work that I'm doing. Yeah, and what a lovely balance because you are such an outgoing, engaging, vivacious mm-hmm. person. This is what I remember from you when we met. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm feeling from you when we speak. Give us a little bit of a backstory. Like, how did you get to this point of what you're doing now, impacting lives while living off grid? How did it all come to be? Well, my life story, to be honest, um, Nat, has always been about me looking out for people who feel invisible, who don't feel seen, who feel discriminated against, um, who feel alone, who feel underrepresented. So I have, since the moment I was a, a Six years old, I remember. I was always the young girl um, growing up in the church, for example, where we were of service to people. So we'd go to the psych hospitals and see people, and I'd always be the one that would move away from our group and go and say hello to somebody and make them feel special. I'd go into the old 
people's home and I would go and hold that old woman's hand who potentially is, you know, about to die. So, you know, my church background was a big one in terms of service to others. So I was always looking out for those people who, uh, you know, were perhaps struggling in life to be seen, to be heard uh, or to be valued. Um, I uh, also professionally um, started out as an occupational therapist. So there again, um, my advocacy skills there, I thought actually I was no good at my job, but actually in hindsight, um, I had people come up to me years afterwards and they would say, hey, you were the listener. You actually listen and advocated for those people. And the sort of places that I was working in um, in that time were in mental health. I was in a psych ward as my first job. Uh, I was in... um, a home for young pregnant teenagers. So I was really advocating for their um, decisions that they personally wanted to make in life, you know, even when they were so young and about to have their baby. I was in um, schools um, advocating for kids with disabilities. So I was always about helping them really know for themselves what they needed and um, helping them have the bold voice to ask for what they needed rather than being railroaded into what they, uh, you know, what people thought they should have. And um, on that um, note of disability, I also have um, six kids, so I um, <laughs> advocated a lot for, for all my kids, but um, especially one who, my second child, um, who is in a wheelchair, so she's been 30-something years in a wheelchair. There was not a day that went past that I did not advocate for her in one way or in one way or other. So it was um, in regards to what she needed um, physically, but also in regards to her having a chance to do what every other person in this world is allowed to do. So it was, you know, a lot of my life to date um, has been behind um, individuals to really get heard, to get seen and to get what they want and to have a voice. Um, Equally, it's been about um, supporting more charitable and service orientated uh, organisations. So um, in my capacity as MC um, or event or organizer or event ideas generator. (laughs) What a journey. And it just feels like that is just who you are through and through. It's what you've always done. But I see that you do it in so many different ways, like from behind the scenes, working on the maybe the copy or the wording for a promotional pamphlet, for example, Mm -hmm. through to like standing at the front of the room being no problem being, you know, the one in the center of attention. It's interesting. I I don't go to the center of attention. And that's an interesting one as an advocate, because I, um, I love to call myself a humble heroine. And what I mean by that is, yes, I'm on a stage in front of the people and the attention is there, but it has nothing to do with that. It has absolutely nothing to do with that because the way I engage with the crowd and the audience is about them feeling seen and heard. Mm. Nothing about me. It's interesting, the verbiage, because... um... You know, some people do not want to be, you know, we can, you know, we can use in the limelight, center of attention, mm-hmm. everyone's staring at them, that mm-hmm. type of a role. But f- today we're talking about bold women speak and we're, we're talking about, you know, speaking out. So some people like you and I are comfortable in that position. And like you said, and I'm the same, I've always yeah. said, I don't want to be famous. I just want to change the world. Yeah. And, the, and so I hear you when you say it's yeah. not about being a center of attention. Like I'm happy to be but I don't need to be, you know, and if if that's what's needed, then I'm happy to step up, step in, speak out, whatever. And I feel that same energy from you. My question is, do you feel that more people, and I suppose women, but more people in New Zealand are becoming more bold and more confident in speaking? And I don't mean being MC at events. I mean, speaking their truth or questioning what doesn't feel right. Do you feel like there's a rise in that area? I still think there's some reticence. I still think there are a lot of elephants in the room, to be honest. 
What um, I do personally is start to engage with that person and open up that room and start to see that elephant in a gentle sort of one-on-one interaction. That's how I'm doing it. Is that is that what you mean by the the wild woman? I think it was the the circle that you do. Is that what you mean by bringing out people's views? Uh, that's not or do you just mean in like daily conversation. But I, I have a day job, for example. I'm in a jewelry shop, but I actually call it the healing shop. <laughs> funnily enough, because I get to have wonderful interactions with mm. people there. They're going through different events in their lives. And I'm the one that listens to their story and then starts to open up that conversation, starts to open up those questions in terms of some of that advocacy work that I want to do. So as an example, I see quite a lot of sick people arriving in store or people starting to tell me that they're sick. And I just don't accept that story of that they're sick. I start to have those open conversations about, oh, I'm curious as to what's made you sick, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a quite a leading question, but it's an important question. Yeah. How is that? How are you being supported in that? Um, so that's the way I do it. One-on-one interactions is a lot of the way I do. But equally saying that over the last few years, I've done uh, numbers of um, community events here. Um, and being a bold voice in the community. So have done that behind the scenes and being there on the night um, as an organiser and being behind the cause. Where is here, for those people that don't know where you are geographically, where but are here you? Here is Wanaka in the South Island. So gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. So we're a small town. So, you know, one of the things that um, has been interesting is um, easy to be in this community because it's a small community and to you know your your show is up your brave mine's all about being bold you know so um in your words before it was about you know speaking out um i call it speaking out and being outspoken (laughs) we're good at that um you know standing out um and being outstanding you know i think there's um it's interesting just getting back to a small town that um, I've had really had to be bold in the last, even bolder in the last couple of years because people do know me and sometimes a voice is not that well liked or cherished. Let's just pull it that way. We can be I, I imagine, you know, it is interesting. We can in, be. <gasps> and that happens anywhere, but geographically, I imagine, in a small town where kind of everyone knows yeah. everyone and um it is a little bit, it's scary for people, but maybe scarier in a smaller town where you're like every, if I speak up or if I question something, or if I even, you know, have a certain political sign on my fence or whatever, mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. are people going to, then I'm kind of putting my cards on the table and how's that going to come back on me? But also, and I don't know if you feel this, but it's like, how is that going to reflect on my teenage kids or, you know, or my, my, you know, my family members? Has that been something that's affected you? Like holding back a little bit or editing your thoughts a little? No. <laughs> no, I've just already claimed my space. I mean, my kids are no longer here, but I've advocated for my kids over these last few years. All six of them have made massive, massive sacrifices for the choices that they've made. And I've really loved to shed their stories in front of people so that they too get to hear um, how people have done it differently. So um, for me, I think in the last year or two or three even, um, it's just given me this wonderful opportunity to really uh, accept that I am different accept that I am bold, accept that nobody needs to like me <laughs> or, or be aside, uh, aligned with my views. But for me, my truth of who I am is important to, to live into. It's as simple for as the that. People that are listening, for the people that are listening and might be thinking, well, you know, that's awesome. That's cool for you. I, I don't feel that way. I would love to be more bold. I would love to be more outspoken. I would love to not care so much what others think. Do you have any 
words of wisdom for us, for those, uh, for that, those people that feel like they would love to be a bit more like that. They they are holding back. Any guidance for them? We are not here to be accepted. That's what's coming intuitively. We are not here to be accepted. We are here to shine our light on the world. We are here to shine our own truth. And personally, my joy of living comes from that. My joy of living really comes from that. I, um, I'm loving seeing people at the events having a voice, and, and that's what I love about the way that I engage with people in events as well. So just to give you a bit of a rundown of some of the things that I've been up to in the last four years, so this will give your audience some some ideas. So mm. I did lose my job, at my uh, my day job at um, in tourism, so that was a, a turning point for sure. Um, but what I loved about the advocacy that I did there, I said, hey, I'm about to lose my job, but here's what I do still stand for, and that is that you don't stand at the door asking for a vaccine pass. Mm-hmm. And yes, I lost my job. But no, they didn't go down that route. So I won in that sense. And it's not about me winning so much as I advocated for something that was super important. So I think, you know, back to your question, we just have to go with what that stirring in our heart is and that knowing that what is within is. Yeah. I turned up at the library, for example, on the day that they asked for the vaccine pass that first day. And I said, here's my card. Yeah. Some of the ways is not in our voice that we can be advocates, but it's in our actions. Here it is. I quietly handed it over. And then she asked the question, why is that? And I had that opportunity. So I opened the door for that conversation. What card are you handing over? Your library? The card? library card. Okay. Because it wasn't allowed in the library. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I went down to the what we called the Freedom Green in Monica. So as the Wellington protests were happening, for example, we decided as a, as a community of freedom fighters that we would go down every day at lunchtime and stand there for an hour. So that, again, gave a peaceful representation Mm. of us standing for our truth. And, again, that didn't need to be one-on-one conversations in that context because a lot of people didn't want to be next to us. (laughs) Um, But we stood there in solidarity. So sometimes it's not about doing on your own. It's about about having people with you who will support you and be be soldiers together, essentially. So that's, um, you know, we don't have to go it alone. we have arrived at community, um, let's call it council meetings, for example. You know, again, when we get ridiculed or when we get um, told to shut up or quieten down or, or um, you know, let's wrap up this meeting, we've, we've sat in. Okay, so sometimes it's a quiet stance. Yeah, sometimes we just sit in. We had another example of that recently where we weren't given a chance to ask questions at a school meeting that was really important to us. And they wanted to close the meeting before we even had the opportunity to ask the questions that were important to us around the whole gender issue, for example. And so we decided that we would just quietly sit there and not leave for the evening. That is another great way. Silence is a great thing. You just sit there and they start to notice. <laughs> and then I love that because the topic is bold women speak. But here you are highlighting the power of silence as well. Total power of silence. Done it many a time. It's also really powerful when you're an MC or when you're a speaker, that whole silence thing, because it just allows people to be engaged in that interaction and in that conversation where they get to have something thrown at them, challenging them, for example, or a new idea. 
And then the pause as a speaker is so powerful because in that moment they get to work it out for themselves or see where they sit in that situation and scenario. I think it's a wonderful technique. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. How else have you used your um, event skills? You've got such a repertoire of skills. How else have those come in handy in the past four years in alignment with this advocacy that you're doing? Well, the event skills, I mean, there are so many parts of um, of creating a more impactful event. So I think anybody can pull together an event, but it's actually the 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 house of an event. So um, I put it together really well. So I'm a wordsmith. So that's that's a very useful skill that people have called upon me for. Um, so that, for example, when writing flyers, when writing promotional material, when writing an article for the local rag. So I've done, you know, numbers of those things in the last few years that have been really impactful. Um, and again, um, we were just getting back to that question about having a voice. Some of uh, some some of your listeners may not be so articulate in words out loud, but they may be great at writing or great at writing their ideas. And this mm -hmm. is a fabulous opportunity for people to write. It could be a letter to the editor. It could be an article for the local rag. It could be, you know, whatever it is. It could be a post, a blog post. Um, but written word, you know, is powerful and it's documentate, you know, it's documentation as well. Um, that people can continue to read. Um, so what I'd say about that, uh, my um, experience with that, we've had um, some of the local rakes say no to my article mm -hmm. or no to a title um, or no, we're not going to include that. Uh, we don't want any part of that. There is never a no in my, word, my world as an advocate, never. There is always a yes. Okay, so what I'd say to your listeners is keep going. If there's a no, there's a detour somewhere there. As an example, we had a no to our Family First event with Bob McCroskey recently. They thought that was a little bit um, challenging and confrontational and not appropriate in their words, yeah? Well, yeah. to me, it was highly appropriate that we talk about families thriving. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So they said no to that. I was like, well, what the heck? This was one of our main means of getting to the bulk of our town to invite them to this event, which was going to be so powerful. So we get the no. So it's like, what the heck? That particular night, and intuition works well in this one as well, that night someone approached me and said, oh, hey, look, I've heard about this guy over the hill in Queenstown who might be able to help you out with something. And I went, I, don't, I had no idea what the something was, but I thought I'm going to in this moment be bold, be brave, and ring this guy up. Well, he, in the end, helped us out with um, the financing of an ad. I went back to that, uh, back to the local newspaper, not the one that said no to us, and I said, I want an ad in the paper. How's that going to look? We got a quarter-page ad on page three, and that is what brought people in. So what I'd be saying there is don't have a no, find the yes. <laughs> There's always a yes, and that written word is something pretty powerful as well. Sometimes they won't... Um, they won't publish it, but I also think that even if they don't publish it, the editor of that newspaper or the editor of that local rag has read it. So there has always already been that seed planted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. and there's, there's already been some provocation. And I think, you know, a lot of people um, in this field, and certainly in my example of the last few years, have been really um, challenged by that. There's a provoker in the room. Someone doesn't agree with it all, you know, Do doesn't agree with the whole message that we're trying to share. I always say, welcome the provoker. Because when there's a, provoca a provocator or a provoker, let's call them, when there's someone like that in the in the room that 
does not like what is being said and maybe heckles or or challenges in the Q&A, for example, like I said, a lot of people don't like that. I love it. It's like, bring it on because that provocation helps people cement in their own minds what their own personal beliefs are. They'll either go, yep, I'm totally behind that person or no, that's, that's far from who I am and what I believe. So I love that. Another thing that got quite a few no's lately, but lots of yeses, was um, t- two movies, The Sound of Freedom and also mm. River of Freedom. Did they play those in Wanaka? So Sound of Freedom, yes, I went to see that uh, about a month ago. Obviously, uh, an issue that's um, you know dear to my heart, um, being a mother um, and knowing a lot of what's going on around the whole agenda um, in the world. So, yes, that did get a screening, um, which is fabulous. Um, the River of Freedom also got a screening. It was on the same night as one of these other events. So it was wonderful that we both got really good attendances. Um, so Wanak has been very open to that. And I am very, very grateful to the local cinema who did that. Mm. And there's a backstory to that, actually, because when the whole lockdown, you know, let's lock people out of coming to see the movies and, you know, turning up at a hairdresser, for example, this particular cinema had to, chose to, not had to, chose to uh, not allow us unvaccinated into the cinema. So week one of that, for example, Nat, I rock in there and I say, hey, uh, my son's got his birthday coming up. Uh, he wants to uh, invite 10 of his mates to uh, to a movie that's, you know, the new release. Um, he happens to be unvaccinated as, as his choice. Uh, how can we get him here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, again, it's that pro- it's, it's not. How, yeah, it's it's how can we do this? Not how can't we do this? Yeah. So that provoked a discussion and they, too, um, with their decision around closing, and you know, it was pretty much forced upon them. Really, they even had to sack their own son. Oh, now how hard is that? How hard is that? So more recently, I went back to there, and I, you know, I congratulated them because their son was back there. So that was a good thing. I also congratulated them that they've turned their mind around and actually seen the light through some of this palaver that we've been through in the world, and they've cho- they've chosen to. Um, to feature River of Freedom. We've had, I think, three nights already. I think there's another night tomorrow night, and Sound of Freedom was definitely one of those as well. So well well attended um, and very well received. I love that message. There's always a yes. And that's such a great reminder for us because so often in life when we think we have something we believe in or we want to do something and it's a no, it's like, oh, well. And Actually, you can do it, but the way that you seem to do it is like, how can we make this happen? It does ha- it has an air of positivity and possibility rather than anger, like some people might resort to some of those negative frequencies. How do you stay so high vibe? How do I stay vibe? Whew. Uh, it's a choice every morning to stay high vibe. Passion is um, who I am. So, you know, I embody passion pretty well and enthusiasm. Um, I hate boring. So um, why be boring? Um, <laughs> why be boring? Um, I have a good lifestyle, so I have a very simple lifestyle, and that allows me to, you know, have this variety of things I love to do. So for me, variety um, keeps my energy high. I don't do a normal day job in and out for years and years. I love um, all the different um, events that I can create for sure, and I like short-term projects, so that keeps me um, high. 
high vibe. You must be a well. manifesting generator. Are you? I am a manifesting mm-hmm. generator. I can I can manifest something out of nothing. <laughs> and that's been one of the gifts in my life. You know, I, I'm not well resourced at all. People look at my lifestyle, for example, and the way I am and go, oh, wow, you've got it all. And I go, I've got it all. I've got zero dollars, but that's okay. I've got it all. I've got a very, very, very rich life. And um you know, I'm very proud of that. And um, but what that's what's what it's taken to to do that is to be resourced, like you said. And um, I believe the challenges, particularly particularly through those life experiences of finding a way for people. My my advocacy is all about how can how can a person have more or of the life that they want? How can they live it better? How can they live it without regret? How can they live it? relieved of suffering actually that's the big one that's a really big one i hate seeing people suffer and i'm all about people feeling free and having having rights and and having a voice it's as simple as that and you get to do that it's so interesting when you were telling me about your day job and people come in and i guess they just open up to you because you're that type of person but most people i imagine would respond to them saying they're sick with like oh goodness that must be so hard like sympathy mm-hmm. you know reaffirming their victimhood or whatever and but you're like hmm i wonder why that is and you're you're thought provoking totally that's so that's that's an interesting one and thought provoke provocation you know comes from what i've learned particularly again over the last few years is i say ask a question rather than give a statement or a point of view so I would say 80% of my conversations in my day job, for example, and even in my event work, is a question. Because that engages them and there's, a, there's an interaction factor in there where they feel seen, where their opinion is valued, whatever that opinion is, without judgment, but just hey, wonder, you know, wonder what you're thinking. Here's another great example, Nat. We were at a, um, the council meeting that w- was an open council meeting, and we wanted to talk about the resources in the library, for example, that we thought were totally inappropriate for our young children. So very sexually explicit, yes. gender ideology related, for example. So we went with a specific goal to to talk about and to question, you know, um, how appropriate they felt that was, and and what we could do about that. It was really interesting because. Um, one of those um, council members, for example, um, wasn't I, – I could see him race out of the meeting before it even started, and I thought he was our biggest challenge, potential challenge, because we were talking gender, and he's an openly gay man in our community. I, we thought that he would be quite challenged by what we were saying and that we would be very, very, very challenged back. He ended up not being at the meeting. It was only at the end of the meeting, after we'd been hushed a little, that he came back into the room and it was like, hmm, that's interesting. And then I thought, how can we use this opportunity to have a conversation? So he could see us, we could see him, and I eyed him up and I said, hey, come on over. We had the most powerful conversation, 30 minutes, in fact, um, of very, very open conversation, non-judgmental. He learned something from us. We learned amazing things from him. And we, we, we each came out with a heightened perspective of each other's perspective. And I think advocacy is about that. It's not about ramming my opinion down someone's throat. Harshly sometimes, I see that out there. Mm. It's not about the protest action against. It's about how are we growing to a fuller understanding of what this issue is about. 
And how great that you were able to have the time available, like 30 minute dialogue, because sometimes you hear people, you have to go in, you got to present, you've got five minutes only, mm-hmm. and it's very rushed. Um, so that is a credit, I suppose, to the council you were presenting to. Well, not well. to the council, to the councillor. We were hushed and quietened and, and cajoled and told it's what a lot of what we were saying was rubbish and laughed at. We had all that mockery. Right. Sure. But again, back to that whole, you know, how can people, um, you know, be as strong as you, Janelle, or be as bold as you in voice? It's it's actually not caring a damn, really. Not caring at all about about my purpose is stronger than what people care about me or think about me. Yes. My cause is more important, you know. I've had some, I've had quite a lot of stuff thrown at me um, where I could you know, fall in a blithering heap and, you know, cry and be feel sorry for myself. But no, I rise. I rise because I choose to rise. Because you're here for something greater than what p- other people think of you. Yeah, absolutely. So in that council meeting, yes, we, you know, we could have felt like we weren't heard. There was an element of truth, a big element of truth to that. But the gift in that was that one-on-one interaction with that gentleman and he was the right gentleman to be having that conversation with because I would have loved for him to be along at the Bob Murkowski event actually as a gay man we're not talking anti-gay in that conversation you know that Nat yeah of course yeah absolutely nothing about that it's about that explicit material to kids and so we were able to ask him for example you know what do you think about this Uh, you know a seven-year-old for example being you know explicitly showing some very very sexual content he went oh my god no well no that's not okay you know when we went down the gender question he says you know at at a very young age he's going well well, no and so well so what what was your story what was that about so you know i think advocacy too just just hearing my own voice here is is around storytelling it's around hearing somebody's story because the story has that emotional component to it as well. People have lived it, breathed it. Um, and it's important to hear that because that is such a backstory to any of our opinions on any issue in this life. Huh? It's our backstory. For those, for those people listening, we would love to hear what's resonating for you in this interview. We're talking to Janelle Fletcher. We're, our topic is Bold Women Speak, the written and spoken art of advocacy. Let us know. You can send us a text, 2057, or email inbox at realitycheck.radio. What do you advocate for in your life? You don't. Maybe it's not as proactive as Janelle. Maybe it's more subtle. But what are the issues that you feel strongly about um, and you're willing to speak up or to write something about? What are you advocating for? What's resonating? And if you've got any questions or what you're loving from this interview, definitely definitely let us know. Um, some previous interviews, I kind of sometimes do, if you like this, you'll also like that. Some previous uh-huh. interviews that we've done that really relate a lot to this topic as well. Uh, we've done one with a woman named Elizabeth and we looked at, and also Sheena Malley, we looked at what are they teaching your kids uh-huh. in sex ed class? What are they really teaching your kids in school? I got so much pushback from that topic, but I also had so many people saying thank you so much for having the courage to cover it. We also spoke twice with Penny Claridge, who many people know her video went viral when she went and presented to the board of trustees around some of the similar concerns around the gender ideology that's really being pushed in schools. So you can go to our 
app, by the way, we've had 10,000, probably more by now, um, 10,000 downloads of our of the Reality Check Radio app, which is free. It actually doubled our numbers in a, in a week, our listeners, which is amazing. So you guys can go and easily look up on the replay page. Um, you can either type in Penny or Elizabeth to find those interviews, or you can search by topic as well. Um, Janelle, I wanted to ask you something else about the uh, your terminology. In the bio intro, you mentioned something like dynamic people engaging. Mm-hmm. What exactly yeah. does that mean? What is it? So um, I was inspired by, I think her name is Sally Hogshead or something like that, American woman. Um, and she uh, she asked to invite people to come up with an anthem for themselves. And so when I sat with my spirit, I went, what is it? Who is it that I actually am? So dynamic people engage. I am all about people. So um, that is my prime, prime gift. My prime motivator in life is to always hear people's stories. Um, the engagement, what my skills are, my superpowers are, which I'm discovering more and more and more is around that engagement. So how do we engage more with people in one-on-one interactions? How do we engage with people, um, every single person in a room, even if we've got a thousand. Yeah. How can we make that event not just inspirational, but interactional? Because mm-hmm. I think with interaction, that is where change happens. Yeah. It's not just about being inspired. We've got to have people taking action, but interaction where everyone feels valued and part of that conversation and that new change in the world. And the dynamic part, um, I think my occupational therapy background actually gives me this dynamic part. So What this is about is in every interaction, there's a consciousness about who am I speaking to? And so therefore my choice of words, my choice of tone, my choice of speed, my choice of, you know, slang or not, you know, so there's this dynamic. So I, for example, would never give, if I was a speaker going out and speaking on a subject, I would never give the same speech once, uh, more than once. Yeah. It would always have an element of difference for every single one based on who my audience were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a dynamism. And even um, in my one on interactions, who am I speaking with? What is their age? So how would I speak appropriately with them and that they get me and we get each other? How would I speak with them if they're from another language? So that, that how do I choose my words so that they fully engage in that conversation, even with a limited language? So in my wedding work, for example, you know, I have a lot of people from other, from other countries. So I had an Argentinian wedding, for example, on the weekend. Awesome. Most of them spoke Spanish and I don't speak Spanish. But as an ex-language teacher, I know how to choose and be dynamic in the way that I um, present and, and, and be celebrant at that wedding. Yeah. So dynamic people engager is what I personally really relate to um, in the way I am dynamic, enthusiastic, passionate and change and consciously mm. change a lot of things depending on who I'm with and what that context is. And it's a fine art to still be yourself while still adapting or being in rapport or, you know, still making an effort to connect with different audiences or different individuals um, and all around. I love that what you said about inspiration is great, but it's about inter interaction for a dynamic totally. Totally. result. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, I'd love to ask you, This these are some questions I ask every guest. What is one thing that you've done in the last year where you truly upped your brave? Well, I've upped my brave in all those community events. Well, some, you've heard some of them, but there were far more than that. So that was a, that was a big one. Um, up my brave and going off grid, um, not because it's hard, but because I was um, had no resources, but um, 
lived into the belief that I could have um, a beautiful home finally to come home to. So that's been a big up my brave. So cool. And this, so you're in a yurt at the moment. Is that where you're living? I am. Absolutely. Absolutely. So cool. You guys, I'll take a photo of the two of us and you can go and check it out on my, on my Instagram or my Facebook page up your brave. What about the bucket list? Do you have something that you would love to do, be, or experience in your lifetime that we can possibly help you with? (laughs) Well, my personal bucket list is to go to France because I want to, um, increase my lovely linguistic skills in French um, and also with a French partner I just want to take him home and hear his story so on a personal level that's going to be uh, Mm -hmm. one of my bucket list items for the next year and uh, that's super important for me to go and do Um, in a professional sense I want to be offering and the numbers I'm feeling into are six to twelve people who have a stirring in their soul to be behind a cause Mm. to really help them in in different ways. I want to help them, you know, get back to what is their life story and therefore what is their stirring. I want to help them to write well. A lot of people don't know how to write, um, you know, have that cause that they want to be behind but not um, great at writing. So I want to be behind them and to write richly, to um help them with any content that they're um, wanting to put together, any flyers, any communications that they want with their um, with the audience. And also just being um, such an event, um, avid event uh, person, uh, I would love to help them be behind that cause and put an event together. So six mm. to 12 people in the next year, and I want to help them bring about and bring into fruition their cause, their social cause or mm. their humanitarian-based cause. Okay, that sounds both of those sound amazing. So speaking of you going to France, yes. I'll put the invitation out there. If there's anyone who has a, a contact who has an event that they want or they want an MC or Fine. a celebrant in France. Um, so this is going to be a paid <laughs> holiday. <laughs> love it. You can get in touch with Janelle. And also if you feel the stirring in your soul mm. and you would love to have the courage to be bold and create an event and get your um, your social cause written and, and expressed, mm. then Janelle mm. is your woman. How can they reach out to you? How can they connect? Uh, I do have a website. So www.janellefletcher.com. Okay, amazing. Are you on what socials can we look for you on to? Uh, I'm on Facebook, but I don't do that professionally. I have a personal Facebook page, but feel free to um, be in touch that way. Otherwise, my email details and phone details are on my website. Amazing. Easy. Mm. JanelleFletcher.com. It's pretty easy to spell. It's J J A N E L L E F L E T C H E R.com. Nice. And what what's coming up for you in the next? So we talked about what's gone on for you in the past we while what is coming up for you in the next like six months or so what's coming up for me professionally or personally well both well both all of the above i am i have um been so active this year in uh advocating for others my next three to six months are more advocating for myself Mm. after 30 years of parenting after giving to everybody uh, the next six months are really me stepping up into my own personal self-care um, and my own personal pleasures, <laughs> as well as doing that other good stuff for other people, like helping them. 
That sounds amazing. And it sounds also like it's coming from such an empowered place. Quite often what people do is they have what I call, um, I didn't coin the phrase, but it's very accurate, generosity burnout. Mm-hmm. And so from you, for you, it, you haven't got to the point of burnout or exhaustion, but you're like coming from this empowered place of going, mm-hmm. I, for the next three months, I'm going to focus on myself and it's going to be amazing. I love that. Mm, absolutely. Sounds <laughs> good. Is there anything else you would like to share with our audience before we go? What could that be? I'm just thinking back to a book I wrote a few years ago. And what's coming? I think I remember what it was. It's something like this. Frolic in the sea of difference. Don't float in the sea of sameness. If ever there was a time to mix things up and do life differently, it's definitely now. So that is very (laughs) timely advice. Tell us a little bit about the song. So what we're going to do straight away after this, Mm -hmm. we're going to go to a song, a song that you recommended, which is called I Will Fight For You. I think it's by Andy Grammer and the Children Choir. What is this song about and why did you choose it? So music is such an important part of any event that I create and or any any event that I'm behind. So I'm always asking for song choices that really tie into some things. So um, while we were organizing Bob McCroskey's event, for example, uh, Family First, uh, that is one song that was so totally relevant, as was Hands uh, Hands Up Our Children. And we actually had um, Jordan May arrive recently. Mm. Um, so this song, I Will Fight For You, just I love it because the, there are those kids with this adult who totally and utterly believes in them. He totally and utterly pulls out their enthusiasm and pulls out their passion. I just love that and gives them a, a, chance, a chance to be heard as they sing that song together. And a mighty powerful message, a mighty powerful message that I will fight for you. Um, there is a backstory to that and people can go and look at that. But for me, it's about fighting for our children I will always fight for my children I would die for my children and I'm not happy about what's going on for our children in the world around a lot of issues and I'm here to help them I'm here to help them thrive and I'm also here to help the parents amazing amazing because I think you're right you called yourself a mama lioness you know at the start and I think a lot of people can relate to that but sometimes they don't know what to do so if you're just people can follow your lead they can get in touch and follow you Um, thank you so much for being an amazing guest today Janelle thank you Nat you're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR Reality Check Radio